Welcome to the Design of You podcast. My name is Leah. I'm a human design expert, spirituality coach, wellness guru, and manifestation powerhouse. My podcast is here to educate, inspire, and uplevel your life. I love sharing with you the ins and outs of the human design system in a practical, empowering, and embodied way. Thank you so much for being here, and I look forward to seeing you in the show. Welcome back to another episode of The Design of You. I'm super excited for today because I am going to be sharing about a topic that I definitely have not talked about on the podcast yet. And this is the topic of movement and exercise in relation to your human design. I know so often when we talk about human design, we get into decision making and purpose and gifts and your personality and our intuition and so many things. And there is a whole sublayer in human design that's focused on how you eat best and how you digest food and what nourishes your body and your mind. And, and so this whole layer, it's called the primary health system. It gets into all of these different nuances. And we're not going to cover all of them today. We're actually only going to talk about movement. And it's it's going to be related in that layer of human design. But then we're also I'm also going to share with you a little bit about other ways that you can figure out how you move best according to your human design. And it was so serendipitous because Frances, who I bring on at the end of the episode, she is someone who I had never previously known in the human design space, but she reached out to me to see if she could come on and talk about human design and movement. And it's really cool. She and she tells a little bit about her story, but um, just to give you some insight, she is a personal trainer turned human design reader, and she still does personal training. She owns a gym in Toronto, and she found human design and really liked the way that human design helped her work with her clients on a you know spiritual self awareness level. And it's just a really great way to see how human design can be so beneficial in so many different. Uh, careers or professions. And like, you don't just have to become a human design reader when you learn human design, you can, you know, apply it in so many ways. And so it's super cool. And so um, serendipitous because in the group program that I teach the method, you have two weeks to move through a module and then we have a live call. And we're currently moving through the movement module. So it's so funny when she reached out to me and then just the timing of when we actually scheduled this recording and it'll be a few weeks out by the time I actually, you know, this goes live and you're listening to me talk right now. But it was so timely just given the fact that we are having this conversation in the, the method and then we were having this conversation on the podcast. And so I am excited to share with you guys a little bit about your human design and how to determine which exercise is best for you. So if you're listening and you're not driving, I definitely recommend pulling up your chart right now. But if you are driving, definitely try to, if you have a mental note of your chart like I do of mine, you um, may be able to listen along um, or if later you could pull up your chart and see. Okay, so we're going to start with energy type and our energy type really gives us insight into which movement or exercise is most supportive for our energy. And we first start with generators and manifesting generators and we'll go in order so we'll, we'll do ma- generators manifesting generators projectors manifestors then reflectors that's the order of the population percentage <laughs> you notice when i talk about energy type i will always pretty much go in that order so we'll start with generators and manifesting generators and the thing to know about them is that 
they have that built-in sacral life force center that gives them lots of energy to sustain work for a while. So when it comes to movement, it's really important for generators and manifesting generators to use that energy up during the day so that they can sleep at night. So for example, a generator that does not get movement in their day and does not use that energy generator and manifesting generator, they will potentially have problems sleeping that night because they have so much energy that needs to be released. And so generators and manifesting generators, they need that movement. It ensures that they'll sleep well. It ensures that the energy is expelled and that they can, you know, move forward. I always say that generators, they have that built-in battery and it's almost like at the end of the day, the thing that a generator can wants to kind of chase, not chase because that's not the right word, but perhaps embody, is that the moment you lay your head down at night as a generator or manifesting generator, you want to be so satisfied from your day and you want to be depleted. Like you want to be tired and kind of drained, but not in a bad way, not like drained and depleted because you spent your energy on things that you don't like to do. Drained as in like, I need to recharge my battery because my battery was used on everything that I love to do. So exercise and and then whatever else in your day-to-day that gives you that allows you to use your energy in a way that is satisfying and on something that you love and are lit up by. So that is how generators and manifesting generators work best. Um, The other thing is that because things light generators and manifesting generators up, the right exercise for them will light them up and it will actually create more energy. So if you're a generator, a manifesting generator, definitely try to get your workout in in the morning at least just some point in your day, but I do feel like it's so supportive because it kind of starts your day with that satisfaction. And so that way you can bleed that juicy, sparkly energy into the rest of your day. And then a note on manifesting generators, they may like a variety of exercises. We know that manifesting generators are very curious and multi-passionate and they pivot very quickly. So they may really be into perhaps Pilates for a while, and then maybe they get into hiking, and then maybe it's HIIT workouts. And so it's kind of like creating a variety of workouts and mixing things up so you don't feel super mundane if you're a manifesting generator. For projectors, it's key to not overdo it. We know that projectors don't have that sacral life force center, which isn't good or bad. No type is better than the other, but they need a lot more rest than the energy sort of beings or the sacral beings. And so it's very important that projectors are overdoing it and they're not, you know, exerting so much that they end up even more exhausted than they naturally already are. So low intensity workouts seem to be better. So yoga, stretching, walking. But the other thing to note is that since projectors feel the energy of other people, especially in the sacral, it can be helpful to move to release that energy, empty that energy out. So If you're a projector and you're feeling like you've got a lot of energy in you, but in like a way that's this isn't mine, I just like I need to put this somewhere. Movement is a beautiful way to ensure that that energy gets relief. And so if you're feeling that overwhelmedness or exhaustedness, just go for a walk, get out in nature and try and relax. And then moving into manifestors. So manifestors, they are people who sometimes they maybe enjoy an intense workout with a lot of bursts of movement, so like a HIIT workout, or they may need something more relaxing, like a walk. And so if you're a manifester, your tip is to check your energy levels to see what type of movement makes the most sense for you day to day. See what 
shows up, see what you have the energy for. Because the thing about manifestors is they are, you know, energy beings, but not from their sacral. They get bursts of energy from the universe. And so sometimes they have that and then sometimes they don't. And when they don't, it's an indication that they need to rest or do something more low intensity. So check where you're at. Then finally, for reflectors, reflectors are actually almost identical to projectors where they, again, need to not overdo it. More low intensity workouts like stretching, yoga, they feel the energy from everyone. So they also want to pay attention to what they're feeling and how to empty it out. And so walking in nature and um, movement can help release that energy from them, but they just don't want to overdo it all the time because they're generally better off just resting. The other thing for reflectors is that their environment really matters in their entire life with everything. And so when it comes to working out and exercising, a reflector should really love the studio or the location of the workout. So if they like to run, maybe they like to run outside. If they're at a studio, make sure you really like the studio and the the lighting and the ambiance and you know the way that that studio feels. And so finding a supportive environment that makes you feel your best is important when it comes to your workout. The worst thing for a reflector would be to join a gym that they don't like. You know, what if the gym is grungy or, or maybe they like a grungy gym, but you know, the the environment is so important. So tuning into how you feel when you enter that space is going to be important. Okay, so that is a little bit about how our type can lean into what movement is best for us. And then I actually want to invite you guys to look at an arrow in your chart. So these are called the variables, but on either side of the head portion of your chart, there are different arrows and some point left, some point right. And the one that we're going to focus on today that speaks to the way that we can best move our bodies is the bottom left-hand side arrow. So this is actually the arrow that is associated with the environment that suits us best. So if you're caves, kitchens, markets, valleys, etc., uh, we're not going to focus on environments today. We're just going to focus on the types of movement that are supportive. So basically, this is an area where we can find out. And where we're looking is actually the direction of the arrow rather than the numbers that are associated with it. The numbers actually tell us, again, if you're caves or valleys or mountains environment, but the direction of the arrow speaks to how we can best align with our um, body in a way that suits us. So specifically, we're looking at routines and consistency. So if the arrow in your chart, if it's pointing to the left, so if it's pointing towards the column that says like subconscious or unconscious or your design column, so the arrow is pointing to the direction of the left, the bottom left-hand arrow that's pointing to the left, you may find that it's best to regularly move your body or exercise. Having a routine is actually suitable for people with this arrow in this direction. So you may find that you do really well with a routine, waking up at the same time every day, doing the same workouts. Consistency actually is really supportive for you. And then if the arrow points in the other direction like mine does, this is more passive energy. It's more go with the flow. And so this means that when it comes to moving your body, checking in with your body to see kind of like what feels supportive and just listening to it. So not forcing rigidity or strict routines and really just listening to what your body wants. For example, this morning I woke up, actually was planning to go to a class, but Xander Steyer went flat. And so he had to borrow my car and take it to work. But I was 
thinking about going to a workout last night when I went to bed. And I actually woke up this morning and it worked out that he had taken the car because I didn't feel like going to a workout this morning. It just didn't feel supportive for my body. I really wanted to get into some of the emails that I had. And not that I was letting work get in the way, but I just pretty much wanted to get into my work, make my celery juice, have my matcha and just sit down and get going. And then I know that I'm going to work out in a little bit. So I sometimes wake up at 6 a.m. and go for a workout. And sometimes I go at noon and sometimes I go in my evening. And so that's just kind of how this arrow works for me personally to give you an anecdote of my own experience. But either way, looking at this arrow will help you listening determine whether you're built for consistency. All right, now we're going to move into centers. And so we're going to talk about just the ones that lean into what types of movement are most supportive for us. Not all of the centers actually speak to exercise. So we'll just move through the ones that make sense. So we'll start with the defined root first. So this is a square all the way at the bottom of your chart. If it's colored in, it means you have this defined. And so this one applies to you. So for people with a defined root, it can be important to release the stress and adrenaline of the root through movement. So if you have a defined root, practice movement when you notice yourself stressed or worried or you're just full of pressure. For me personally, I have a defined root and I know that sometimes it can feel really good to get a burst of energy and to release that, especially when I'm stressed out. I have a lot going on. Usually when that happens, I'm like, all right, close the computer and go move your freaking body and get this unpleasant feeling out of your system. So if you have a defined root, that's something to pay attention to. Next, we're going to speak on the identity center. So this is the diamond in the middle. If you have an undefined identity center, so it's colored white, aka not colored in, for people with an undefined identity, it's important that the environment that you're in is supportive. So similar to what I was saying about reflectors, this area is also important for environment for anyone who has this this center undefined. So if you have an undefined identity, just make sure that your workout studio, gym, or class is in a place that feels good for you. Next, we're gonna look at the solar plexus or the emotional solar plexus or the emotional center, whatever you call it. This is a sideways triangle on the right-hand side. If this is colored in, this means that you have a defined emotional solar plexus. It also means that you're an emotional authority. So if you're an emotional authority, you can just note that and this one applies to you. So it's important for people with a defined solar plexus to tune into how they feel. So if this is you, make sure to check in with your emotions to see if you need rest, to see if you need emotional release through creativity. So perhaps journaling, art, music or if movement is supportive. So perhaps dance or yoga or even breath work to allow those emotions to be released. Next, we're going to talk about the ego or the heart center. This is a small baby triangle in your chart. So if this one's colored in, you have it defined and this applies to you. So if you have a defined heart, it can be really supportive to do short burstful workouts. So for example, Orange Theory, HIIT workouts, sprinting, it can be very supportive to be in a workout class that you have those short, big moments of energy. If you have an undefined ego, so that area is open or not colored in, 
it actually may be supportive for you to go to workout classes where there's instructors that have a lot of willpower. So for example, Soul Cycle or a class where there's a coach like, you got this, go, go, go. Sometimes that can actually be kind of supportive for an undefined ego or heart. So if you have a defined ego or you have an undefined ego, those are ways you can work with that. And those are all of the centers that speak to how we move. The sacral speaks to it as well, but we already talked about the sacral because that only applies to generators and manifesting generators. So I kind of bucketed that with that topic or, or with the energy types. The next thing we can look at is circuitry, but only the individual circuitry. Now, this is probably something that beginners and even honestly seasoned readers, I wouldn't say a seasoned reader, but maybe someone who dabbles in human design might not be familiar with. But basically, circuitry speaks to how your chart is made up. Our charts are circuits, and they're made up of the energy centers, and they have the channels in between them, which are kind of like wires that connect the different circuits or the centers. And so the one that applies to movement is the individual circuit or having individual circuitry is what we would call it. And basically, I'll give you insight into what those channels are. So if you have the 61 to 24 channel, the 43 to 23 channel, the 1 to 8 channel, the 2 to 14, the 3 to 60 channel, the 39 to 55 channel, the 12 to 22 channel, the 28 to 38 channel, the 57 to 20 channel, or the 34 to 10 channel, and the 51 to 25 channel. And also the 20 to 10, the 20 to 34, and the 57 to 34, and the 57 to 10. So those are all of the channels that would apply if you have individual circuitry, okay? So I'm not going to get into what individual circuitry really means, but just know if you have those channels, you do have an individual circuit within your chart. And that said, you are prone to melancholy feelings. And so if you ever feel melancholic, you know, down, low, I always call it the dark night of the soul. I'm individual circuitry pretty much my in my entire chart. And so when someone is individual circuitry and they're experiencing melancholy feelings, it can be helpful for them to move their body to release and bring clarity to their low feelings. So dancing and hot yoga are really good ways to release things there. And then something else that I think leans into our movement is gate 46. So if you have gate 46 defined, this is a love for body as a vehicle for embodiment of your spirit. And people with this gift love the physical form of the body and the way that our body supports our soul and our spirit. And so I've seen people here really into massage or sensuality, sex, Pilates, dance, even rock climbing, just being amazed at what your body can do. And so I, I find people here see their body as this really beautiful art form. And so if you have this one, it doesn't necessarily speak to how you move your body, but you may generally be prone to loving your body. And I also recommend looking at what planet that gate falls into as well. But those are all the ways that if I were to look at a chart and you were going to ask me, hey, Leah, you know, what's the best way for me to support my body through movement and exercise based on my human design? The first thing I'm going to do is go, okay, are you a generator, manifesting generator, projector, manifestor, reflector? And is your bottom left arrow pointing left or right? If it's pointing left, consistency routines, great for you. If it's pointing right, do not try and force rigidity or routine. So I would speak on that. And then I would go, okay, what centers do you have to find or undefined? Is your root defined? Okay, it is. Great. This is what that means. Or it's not. Okay moving on. 
okay, do you have a defined identity or not? So I'd look at that and then determine, you know, what works best there. Are they emotionally defined or not? Are they an emotional authority? I would move to that. And then I'd go to the defined ego and then I would check their circuitry. And then I'd maybe see if they have gate 46 and where that falls, if it's in their incarnation cross. So in any of the sun or earth gates in their chart, that would have a lot to do with how much they love the body, right? Or I would check to see if it's a 46 is a part of a channel that they have, because that means it's a strong expressed gift. I'd also look to see, you know, what planet again it falls into as well. So those are all of the ways that I would assess someone's body graph in terms of what exercises are most supportive for them. And so now let's get into the portion of the episode with Frances, and we're going to hear about how she uses human design, and we're going to touch on her chart a little bit, and we're really going to just get to know her and the work that she does and just hear a new perspective on human design. So let's get into it. All right, I have Frances here. We just were talking all about our human design journeys and our similar backgrounds. And um, and I'm just so excited for you guys to hear about her sort of twist and take on human design in the sort of fitness and health industry. And so Frances, tell us everything about you, how you got to where you are and what you do in the human design space. Well, my name is Frances Young <laughs> and I never thought I would ever do human design in my entire life. I didn't know <laughs> that it existed until about a year and a half ago. So I went to school uh, to get a Bachelor of Arts in dance. And then all of a sudden, while in university, was asked to do a pull-up at the gym. I was working out with a boyfriend at the time. He's like, do a pull-up. And I'm like, okay, I think <laughs> I'm fit. I'll do a pull-up, sure. And uh, I couldn't do one. I was so mad. <laughs> so mad. And so then... Back in the day, that was, well, not forever ago, but 2011, that feels like long enough. Mm -hmm. Um, That was when CrossFit wasn't that big yet. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, still under the radar. Mm -hmm. So I started working out on my own, but then still dancing full time, university full time. And then all of a sudden got into CrossFit. CrossFit and dance are like two completely different things with regards to how you physically move, but also related. Mm -hmm. And then when I finished dance school, I was kind of in this place of, okay, what else is going to happen next with my life? I'm not sure if I'm going to still live in Winnipeg. I'm originally from Ontario, Canada, and okay, we're going to move back to Toronto. Mm -hmm. I had a dance gig lined up, but then it fell through. But I also had a CrossFit certificate and was like, okay, let's work as a trainer because I like to move. I don't want to work a serving job. I don't want to work desk job. And then I became a personal trainer. Wow. And this was back in 2015. Wow. So now from 2015 to now, I've been navigating being a personal trainer and self-employed and working in CrossFit gyms, chiropractic offices, doing my own thing, and then working in private studios and just kind of like trying to navigate. Being a very, for those of the human design nerds following, one, three trial and error profile of... Mm -hmm. I'll try this on. Okay, we get nerdy about this and then I'll try this on and then get nerdy mm-hmm. about that. And then uh, almost, well, I did. I moved to the UK just before pandemic hit at the end of uh, wow. 2019. And at that point, I'd become also a fascial stretch therapist and just another niche to be able to do manual therapy because yeah. you work clients out, they get tight. 
and then they need you to stretch them out. So mm-hmm. I learned how to do that. It's also super for anybody who knows and has ever had FST. It's kind of like the practitioner is dancing with your body. It's super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pandemic hit. And I'd only been in a foreign country, foreign for UK to me, for about three months. And I was like, mm, I think I'm going to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm going to go home. And I'm really happy I did. And I came back, pandemic, it put me more online. I went back to working at a gym that I'm a founder of here in Toronto as well. And then What's the, name? the name of the gym is called Stay Gold. All right, everyone who's in Toronto, there you go. <laughs> in yeah. All of a sudden I was doing more training online. As many trainers had to do that. So I got comfortable with that space. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, where am I going with my business now in pop team and design? Because I've always had, actually, I incorporated my business name, the fearless project uh, mm-hmm. back in 2019. And I've always felt like fitness is bigger than me. Our health and wellness is bigger than me, myself, and I being a personal trainer, it needs to reach more people. Mm-hmm. So it's always kind of been something, but how am I going to make this bigger for somebody? Yeah, Someone's health is about their body, it's about their mind, and it's about their spirit. Mm-hmm. So I had the body and I had the mind piece sort of, and then went down the rabbit holes of how I've worked on myself with spirituality, therapy, better emotional awareness. Uh, and then the spiritual aspect of human design popped in, then became a nerd about that. And now we're preaching about that mm-hmm. as well. That's so kind of the we're short. <laughs> well, and it's so interesting too, because I mean, for a couple of reasons, number one, you know, I think that it's not always just the body, right? Like I think when it comes to physical fitness and I'm I'm not a trainer by any means, but like when it comes to physical fitness, I think so much of our fitness journeys or our body journeys has a lot to do with our spirit and our soul. And, and so human design, you know, is kind of like that blueprint that allows us to understand our bodies. And it's, this is such a timely podcast because I, so those of you listening, I have a group program called the method and it's a group program. And we basically, it's like an integration program with human design. And we're at the, we're towards the final few sort of modules and lessons. And the lesson that I'm currently in is on movement. And so I've been talking about you know, how you can, how you move best with your human design. Like we've been looking at the bottom left-hand arrow, the digestion arrow, which actually speaks to how we move our bodies best. And we've been working through the different centers and like what exercises are supportive based on which centers you have defined or undefined and based on your energy type. And it's been just super cool to kind of move through that and um, hear you kind of talk about, I mean, your journey. And I'm sure you tie a lot of that in, but um, what a beautiful add-on to your clients as well as like being able to offer this um, really amazing, you know, coaching packages and helping them with their physical fitness, but then also saying like, Hey, like, let's also check in with your energy. Um, and I thought it's what I wanted to also say is so interesting. So I have Francis's chart pulled up and she is a one, three generator and something about your chart that I think is so interesting is that, um, you have gate 29 in your conscious son and gate 29 is the gate of commitment. It's all about like, being naturally committed to things. But what's really interesting is the gate on the other end of that is gate 46, which is all about like this love of the physical body. And I just thought it was so interesting because immediately, like when you started talking, I was like, oh, wait, does she have gate 46? And I was like, she doesn't. And I was like, oh, but she has gate 29, which like basically if you have a gate kind of hanging on a 
center that's defined or even undefined, but specifically one that's defined, it's like always kind of looking for the other end. They're all kind of like open little, I guess, like circuits. Um, and they're waiting for like the other side to come in. And then I realized I'm like, oh my gosh, gate 29 is literally in your conscious sun. So it's like, you definitely like pull in that energy of the body and like, it's such a big, you know, part of your gifts. And then especially being a generator comes right off your sacral. So it's like really cool. Um, just observations that I'm making in Francis's chart, but, <laughs> but tell me a little bit about your experience of working with clients, like how you incorporate human design into the work that you do, or if you do it kind of separate, like, do you do like just human design readings or do you do like a blend or tell me like a little bit about more of, or more of your work? It's been morphing because I started as the trainer and it's like, people come to me, okay, you want to lose 10 pounds. You want to do this. You want to do that. I want to train for my wedding, Mm -hmm. whatever their goal is or reason for coming to a personal trainer. Mm -hmm. And then because I have uh, eight and 14, Mm-hmm. Uh, eight is the tastemaker. It's mm-hmm. the, you just tell everybody about the stuff that you're into. Mm-hmm. That is my yeah. unconscious son. Mm-hmm. So when I realized that, uh, and like what that means for me is being a trainer. Okay. I have to tell all of my clients the things that I'm into. So then yeah. I started to tell them <laughs> that I was into human design. This thing is your generator. You're lit up by yeah. it. So like, you yeah. know, you have to radiate and sparkle. <laughs> exactly. And so the clients that I had at the time in which I found human design, I basically in the nicest way of putting it as being a generator, like bullied them into in a nice way, being like, this is going to be amazing. Like, yeah, you're going to love it. Um, I'll tell you about this. And, uh, and then we'll just, we'll see how it vibes with your training. Mm-hmm. Um, I even have a client who has the same incarnation cross as I do. Mm. And I found that out after she's already training with me. It was kind of bonkers. And so now it's flown into this state of, I still primarily am, and I begin as someone's trainer. And my kind of whole concept with the Fearless Project is the fact that I know that my training just resonates into the rest of somebody's life. They actually yeah. don't realize what they're coming to me for. But what someone mm. comes to a trainer for is for confidence mm-hmm. and to just better feel like they are them authentic self, their authentic selves, Yeah, which is feeling strong in their bodies feeling confident in any type of health related question that they may or may not ask me, should I eat this? Should I do that? Should I, whatever. Yeah. I still am saying that, yes, I'm this trainer, but I'm going to give you all of this life confidence along with it. Yeah. And human design is a part of understanding that confidence as it is, as you already said, that blueprint, it gives us our autonomy back. That is, I love Now I feel like I have the reason to actually give myself the science backing of when someone asks me, oh, should I be lifting this way or whatever? Mm -hmm. I'm like, it depends. Yeah. I've been saying that forever, but it depends on your genetic makeup and I'll show you why. Yeah. Yeah. So now I've incorporated the two. They're coming to me for confidence. We work on training, but I just like. I also do human design readings for each client and it's in this like morph right now where if someone specifically is like, I want to train twice a week, we're training twice a week. But at the very beginning, I'm showing you your chart. You are this, this is kind of the rough idea is how I'm going to train you, but I'm also going to learn how your arrows affect you in different ways. What stage of your life are you in? Mm -hmm. All of these factors. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's so powerful because 
And this is just a great example because like I'm about to be launching my first ever like live human design training. And um, before I've always taught in a mentorship style. And so I'm really excited to teach in this broader way because one of the things that I've been talking about is human design can be applied in so many different directions. And like in my like personal experience, like the people that I've mentored have been astrologers, educators, um, therapists, yoga teachers, and um, an NLP coach is another person that I've trained to learn human design. And I mean, so being a trainer, there's so many ways that you can integrate this knowledge into your everyday life. And that can impact your clients in such a positive way. And even understanding like each type kind of learns a certain way or can understand things differently. So like if you're working with so I had Frances as someone that I was reading. She's a one three. I know that she loves research and she loves details because she's has a one line. So she's going to love like investigative. She's going to want to have a strong foundation of knowledge. And then you're also going to want experience. So there's so much like beauty that comes through. What's also really interesting too, is I was giggling as you were talking about your incarnation cross because um, so Francis is, if you guys didn't already know, well, you probably aren't familiar with the incarnation crosses. Those of you listening besides your own, I, I, if you're not even familiar with your own, I hope you get familiar because yeah. your incarnation cross is a part of your kind of like energetic life theme. It takes four of your gifts and kind of ties it together. And there's 192 different variations. So it's hard to memorize all of them, but um, yours is the right angle cross of contagion. And your purpose is to inspire others through your enthusiastic energy. So it takes that energy of commitment and it takes that, talked about the tastemaker or gate eight, which I like to call the contribution um, gate. And then it takes your um, gift of desire. And then you also have this gift of prosperity and it kind of ties them all together. And makes you someone who is naturally committed to things, um, someone who has a desire to feel deeply, someone who likes to make a difference in the world by being their authentic self and to bring prosperity and power skills to everything that you do. So such a beautiful way to see your life theme come through with your work as a, a coach and, and doing human design. And what are some of your favorite things within whether your own chart or just about human design that have really like impacted your life? Um, yeah. as you've gotten into it. Yeah. Well, I'm a nerd on incarnation crosses. Like I, I have it mm-hmm. just like as a saved, I have the 192 saved on my dad, like my desktop. Yeah. Oh, I love I that. Just, I want to be able to tell a client or tell whoever these things are so prominent for you and you're probably already doing them. I'm trying to explain those in the most like basic way possible because of like, as well, like I'm sure you've known through your mm-hmm. journey of human design certain mm-hmm. literature is written at certain points are so dogmatic and like what is oh yeah. what is that what does that even mean yeah or they're yeah. Just not long enough and you don't know what that means either yeah oh my gosh um, so true that's something I'm so passionate about and I know I mean you've got the channel of you know insights as I like to call it, the genius to freak that 43 to 23 connection which is basically like so Francis has a gift of you know seeing things in an upgraded way and also simplifying complex concepts and you also have that gift of um what is it? You have your uh, abstraction, the 64 and 47, which is all about basically making sense of confusing things. And so you have this way of probably simplifying things so people can really digest it, which is so beautiful. And we need that in human design. And and this is a conversation I've had on my podcast quite a bit because um, I don't know if I've talked about it a lot, but I've talked about the fact that human design can be really confusing and overwhelming. And and something that I'm very passionate about is making human design not only digestible, but also fun. And people either love that or they hate that. Like people are like, I want to keep it mystical. And trust me, I'm a mystical girl. Like I love that yeah. kind of stuff as well. But 
I do, I'm very passionate about making it so people can apply it to their daily life because I think that that's what's missing is like, I see so many people come to me for readings or they purchase one of my guidebooks or they join a program with me. And then I'm like, are you integrating it? Like, are you actually doing anything with your human design? Or are you just like adding this to the bucket of knowledge that you have, you know, in your toolbox and not actually like using it as the tool that it is? Like we could buy, like if we have a tool shed, we could buy 85 hammers and have them in our tool shed. But if we're actually using them, like that's, there's a difference between buying something and then actually applying it and, you know, using the tool. So I think that that's so needed. And I don't think my audience, a lot of my audience is like deep into the human design where they'd get into like the source material, like listening to Ra Ruhu audios, which I've done lots of, and it's not for the faint of heart, I would say. And, and no disrespect to Ra Ruhu, the channeler of the human design system, because we wouldn't have the system without him. But some of his talks are really slow and really long and they don't make a lot of sense. And so it's kind of taking a step back and breaking things down and going, okay, how can we actually apply this? And um, lots of his like students and people who have learned from him have transcribed things in beautiful ways. And so um, I love to hear that you're also passionate about kind of breaking things down so it can make sense for others. We still have so much information in front of us trying to help this generation of humans right now to better become self-aware. Like Mm -hmm. we're all obsessed, whether or not, you know, we're on any self-help train of any kind. Mm -hmm. My father was obsessed and had just libraries of self-help for his time. So I'm naturally like not surprised that I somehow have found my own spiritual way. I would say it's more on the spiritual side Mm -hmm. of human design incorporated with my elementary school days of being nerdy and into really cool things. When I was finally uh, realized and fully went down the rabbit hole of learning what emotional and a non-emotional is in human design. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, this explains me so well. Oh my God, I understand how I like take in my clients' emotions or this or that and like immediately started. Or your wide open spleen. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. And my all like the bottom half of my chart is completely open. So I have an open spleen, I have an open root, and I have an open emotional center. Mm -hmm. And I want to feel those emotions to their greatest depth. Yeah. Yeah. And I have an open ego. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I also think that I have to prove myself. That's yeah. also been my own self journey as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, of knowing that I am enough, and I actually have that tattooed on my body, so that's yeah. cool. So, is learning even just the simple basics have been about what's defined, what's not, um, relaying that directly to my clients. As soon as I know if someone's going through a particular time, I'm like, empty out. Mm-hmm. If you're a manifester and you have an open route you can wait to make that decision and you have an emotional authority. You can wait to make that decision. You don't have to feel pressure. Just like simple things like that. I know have changed my clients' lives Yeah, as much as it's changed mine to like, Mm -hmm. know how basic that is to just give them again, that confidence and authority to say, I'm just going to do it my way. Yeah. And what, um, I'm curious your gate 10. So I noticed that's in your North node and it's a part of, you've got the channel. Yeah. I just want to double check. You only have it twice. Um, and then you have that channel. Um, I call this the the sort of like exploration channel. Mm-hmm. So it's like the 34 and 10 connection that you've got. And, um, so with gate 10 though, I'm curious, cause that one's all about sort of like self-love and loving yourself and, 
being someone who is kind of like an empowerment of the more that you love you, the more that you empower other people. And with it being in your North node, it's something that's like going to be a part of the kind of like your future or um, especially like after the age of 30 is like the, what you're kind of moving into. So I'm curious how that one shows up in like your life and how you relate to that gift. I'm so happy that you brought that one up. I've been like working on it a little bit more lately, mm-hmm. realizing it. I just finished my Saturn return. Yeah, was I was gonna because I was like, she's. I like looked at your yeah. time again. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, she's like definitely out of Saturn return. Thank so, God, or just um, out of it. Yeah, literally just out of it. I shouldn't also say thank God. It was also amazing because it was COVID and it changed my life. And then you're coming out of COVID, and then you know more things continue to happen. Like your Saturn return isn't over until Saturn's out of the sign. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Say that. I think um, it's over and then it throws you the next curveball. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, universe. Love I'm you. just entering mine literally as of last month. So yeah. Oh my God, it's gonna be great. <laughs> it's gonna be life-changing. Um the the love of self in that particular gate, also the way that like I've interpreted for the ways that I've read about it is that mm-hmm. you're meant to, or the way that it could be said is that. Mm-hmm it allows you to fall out of love. Mm. And every time that you re-fall in love with yourself through, mm-hmm. especially for me, let's also tie in profile of experiencing a new experience mm-hmm. or your life just continuing to be this next year of whatever's going to be given to you. And you fall that much more in love, even through the highs and lows, mm-hmm. more in love with yourself, more in, in love with what you're creating in front of you, your actual reality. Yeah. And that's been, in, I mean, that was the journey of my Saturn return. Yeah. And I feel like my Saturn return started in 2019. Like it was like, there were things that were really starting to shift. Part of the reason why I moved country. Yeah. Uh, part of the reason why I came back. And then part of the reason why I definitely know that I've been given certain romantic relationships to better understand myself better show up as my true authentic self and love that all the time, regardless of who else is in front of you Mm -hmm. Um, and keep saying what I want and what is right to me as I figure those things out. And you have a divine throat. (laughs) It's connected to that mind. Yeah, I know. And I'm supposed to speak my opinions, but when I also realized and thought about it in a particular way, my emotions not being connected to my throat, I am someone who avoids confrontation. That's also a, trait of having an open emotional solar plexus. So yeah. I've always had a hard time communicating my emotions. That yeah. was a journey of the Saturn return as well. Yeah. Um, and like falling in love with the, the aspects that I already knew were about me, mm-hmm. but just seeing them re-evolve as I re-fall in love with myself, they're still the same. Like I've been wearing bodysuits my whole life. And the mm-hmm. thing that with being a dancer, as my past, I've uh, probably been wearing them since I was four. It's probably the thing I feel the most comfortable in. Wow. Love like that. I'm wearing a bodysuit right now because they're just the best. But everybody else on the planet be like, oh, my God, they're giving you a wedgie all the time. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. You're like, I live in a bodysuit. Like, I it's the greatest. It. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, re- I, you know, I re-fall in love with, like, realizing, like, that's me. And, like, those, like, little subtle things. And I like going to the gym and lifting heavy, but I also like being super feminine, Leo sun, like yeah. super <laughs> feminine. Yeah. Um, you're such a Leo, just even like the little bit that I met you, I can just tell. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, and we also, this is just me being the nerd of like looking stuff up for uh, mm-hmm. things about you, Leah, is like, we have both have a cancer rising. So. Oh, okay. Our, so you saw that. Mm-hmm. Love that. Um, yeah. Uh, so us like being so openly giving and wanting to show the world our, our like truest inner selves as much as we may like sometimes think some people might think that we have a bit of a shell on we actually mm-hmm. like we do really want to be um the caretakers well, and, and i'm not emotional like you are too which i feel like adds to my cancer rising <laughs> oh yeah it does <laughs> but the re-falling in love with myself i think now that i have been through that much more experience and that much more of just the life of realizing that i do i do actually mm, at this stage of my life i know what True love is for loving who I am in this moment, mm-hmm. even in the times where I'm making decisions where I'm like, is this what my body is telling me to do? Yeah. I literally wouldn't change any of the things that have brought me here to this moment to love myself the way that I do. Yeah. And it, it feels like exciting to also know that then, yes, I have that gift in my chart. But I also feel like I truly, with that being my North Node as well, I love being able to feel like I bring that energy to others yeah. as well. And it's cool too, because I saw yourself note you have 15 in both, which is, you know, the gate of extremes. And that's the part of that channel of rhythm. And so sometimes I feel like people have extremes in their um, routine there, but then it's so interesting because it's probably like you've moved away from that. And then I see your, you know, your environment arrow is pointing left, which means that you're actually like prone to a routine. You do really well with structure and maybe more of like a, I don't say rigid, but having like a, you know, strong sort of routine of what you do every day. And then not only that, but, and then seeing you have the gate of commitment as your, you know, gate 29. So I guess one of my questions is based on that, like, are you very routine focused? Like, do you have a very like solid, whether it's, I'm sure like, cause you do lots of like working out, is there kind of like, do you have a lot of structure in your day to day? It depends. That's a true, like, <laughs> you really design, like, yeah. So I, uh, to like go on, uh, like also the astrology vibe too, like realizing routine for me, Um, my Venus, yeah, my Venus is in my third house, but it depends on the system you're using. Like me being very particular about how I show up for myself in a day loves to be particular, Mm. but I then have three of my arrows pointing to the right. Mm -hmm. So I also need a lot of flow and with an open route and like feeling the pressure to have things be particular. And if they're not particular and get thrown off, I get super aggravated. Mm -hmm. Learning to flow with that over time has really helped me find my exact routine. Mm. Like I know I need to work out before 2 PM in the afternoon ish. Okay. But that can change. So it doesn't have to be 6 AM every day. So it's just kind of like what makes the most sense. And I would say that's a really good, I would say representation of even gate 15 though, too, because I feel like it's like, kind of like sometimes it's this way and sometimes it's that way. And again, your right arrows, I mean, you, you have the one left and then you have all the other ones facing right. So there is that sort of like passive flowy energy. And like, I think that, I feel like that's a good kind of representation where it's like, I have a routine, like if I don't do it before too, but it's like, but also if I, but it's not going to be at 6am every day and it might be at, you know, 9am tomorrow or, you know, 1pm the next day, but it's like, I do it, but in my own sort of way, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And that is also just like another level of the nuance of how when if I were to work with a client and I know that 
their, let's use manifestor. They're a manifestor. Um, they've got a certain number of arrows still pointing to the right. Let's say they got two right, two left. So they're somewhere in the middle. They like some structure, but they need some flow. Um, and they need to feel like a little bit pumped up. They want to feel like they're having fun in a workout. Um, and it's okay if that one day it's this and another day it's yoga. Mm-hmm. One day it's like one day it's yoga, another day it's this because they feel like they're still getting this playfulness to their schedule and they feel like they're in charge yeah. and they're still having fun. So for me, it's taken me the trial and error of I used to work out at, I tried to fit it always in this place at this time so that either I'm not bothered at the gym because, you know, in a gym, you get bothered a lot. That's mm-hmm. fine. And, uh, and then, okay, so where are my clients? How am I eating? So I've definitely figured out my consistency and how I like to show up even the days of when I need to rest or I really need to just dance today and not lift because that's what my soul needs as opposed Mm -hmm. to what my program needs. I also have someone who programs for me when you're a coach, that's the last thing you want to think about. So that's Mm -hmm. how I keep structure for myself. Otherwise, I'm like, what do I do when I get to the gym too? Yeah, yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. it's been so cool hearing a little bit more about your journey and like all the things that you do. And I'm actually trying something new. So I want to do, I feel like a lot of the podcasts I listen to, they do like these spitfire questions at the end. And I wanted to um, kind of just go through and ask you a few if if that sounds good for you. Love it. Okay, so the first... (laughs) <laughs> so the first question, obviously, keeping on the, the note of human design, what is the, your favorite aspect in your chart, whether it's a gate, whether it's your incarnation cross, your energy type, a channel, like an open center, defined center, anything like what is your favorite aspect about your human design chart? Mm, I love that I'm a generator and it took me yeah. some time to fall in love with being a generator. Um, I very much resonated with even what you said on your podcast. Oh, I'm not special. I'm not special. Yeah. I'm like how many of the population? Yeah. And then, you know, you go through your journeys of figuring yourself out a little bit when you want to nerd out about it, if that's Mm -hmm. for you, when you learn Mm -hmm. about what energy type you are. And then somebody said it could have even been Jenna Zoe of saying, but if generators are operating in alignment or it's the way they're supposed to, they're actually the most rare. We need them. Yeah. And I love that too. Yeah. If there are more generators that are just so excited and just loving life. Like I love being the like when I know I'm in my I'm putting out all the great vibes. I love going to parties. I love being with my people and spreading that because yeah. it's just everybody wants it. And it's so funny too, because I did a reading recently with a projector and I did one recently with a reflector, and they both were saying similar things where the reflector I remember specifically said. That when they learned that they were a reflector, they like hated it. And they were like, oh my gosh, this is like the worst. I have no energy. And they were like bummed about it. Whereas like when I looked at my human design, I was like, I'm not a reflector. Like, yeah, that. I was like, I was like, but I'm so special. I know I am. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, it's so funny because it's the opposite. And then I also did the same thing with a projector who I was reading one day. And she was saying how she was like really disappointed learning that she was a projector because she felt like it was everything against what she had been living And, you know, and I remember that was also something that I dealt with when I learned my energy type. So I was like, I've always been a leader and I've always been really good at, you know, seeing things. And, and, but I think there's, there's obviously so much more to it. It's not just your type. 
but now I'm like you where I love being a generator. There's nothing more in the world that I love doing. And I know like specifically in my business. So T, my, uh, the girl that helps me and my team, she basically is like, I love that you're a generator because like all of a sudden you get so much done. And, and she's like, you have this energy and, and she's like, I mean, it's just insane to watch you work and build and do human design. She's like, you have literally like, you do so much in your business more than I've ever seen anyone in, in work. And, and I'm like, I just can I can't stop working. I love what I do. And so I'm like, I love being a generator. Like I would never be able to be where I am, I think, without having the energy that I have to sustain the, the vision and things that I work towards. So wanted to just talk, step, like kind of add to what you were saying as well. Um, my next question is, what is something that you are currently trying to manifest in your life? Mm. I think with a generator and I have non-specific manifestation. Okay. This is a love hate journey for me because mm-hmm. also being in the health and wellness space, self-help space, write out your goals and then you can work towards them because you know where you're, where you're going. Mm-hmm. Non-specific manifestation. You're just supposed to get the feeling. I feel into that. This is, this is the space I want to work in this mm-hmm. and this and this. And then the universe brings you something better than you ever imagined. Yeah. So what am I trying to manifest? I I literally just want to be able to have my base, which is so far here in Toronto, Canada, um, and then be able to spread human design plus health and wellness to the world. Like I am trying to manifest in how I do this as a retreat, how mm-hmm. I do this and spread how excited I am about how to move your body and can simply feel confident and strong doing the most basic things, let alone also when you lift weight or when you dance and just how that gives you the confidence to literally live your life the way that you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I'm trying to manifest in how the heck I'm telling the world and going out to the world to go talk about it. Putting it out there and trusting it's going to happen. Yeah. What's your favorite self-care hack? Um, it's not bubble baths. Uh, that's a great question. And I'm not being a very good rapid fire answer. Um, <laughs> that's okay. You take your time. <laughs> Cause there's so many journaling, journaling, journaling was one. I, and for me, I have, um, inner vision is my strongest sense. So mm-hmm. I could write for days. Um, mm-hmm. but I very specifically choose when to write now. Mm-hmm. Because I used to get too in the habit of, I have to write my um, five-minute gratitude journal every day. And if I don't, I won't be okay. (laughs) I choose when to journal. Finding the balance. Yeah, finding the balance. And if you can't speak, getting something out of your body that needs to get out, whatever it is, an emotion, an experience, write that down. What's a, um, what's a a quote or like a mantra that you love that you, that you live by? Expect the unexpected. I love that. (laughs) Very, very short. And, uh, I once upon a time wrote that one, like when it was a thing to like have quotes or little things written on your Facebook profile back in the day. Oh yeah. Wrote that (laughs) in like high school. And I feel like my higher self, I was still like that much more smart at that time than I even gave myself credit for, for writing something like that. <laughs> I love that. Lies. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. And I feel like we all have our like little like quotes that we, I feel like cling on to in our life that we either have on our Facebook profile or our AIM, you know, chat away message yep. that we used in the early days. But um, this has been so fun just hearing from you. What are some ways that people can find you and um, work with you? Um, and, and I don't know if, are you doing virtual stuff or are you primarily just in person in Toronto? So tell us like all the things. All the things. Uh, Instagram handle is the Fearless Project Limited or LTD at the end. Um, and then also my website is my full name. So Francis Young and CPT, Certified Personal Trainer. And then with regards to like how I work with people, I work with people online and I work with them in person. Okay. So anything, if they find a link, whether it's their Instagram, my website, I have consultation calls so I can have it with anyone in the world virtually. And whether you're somewhere in Asia or you're here in Toronto or North America, in-person is exciting because it's that in-person energy. But as much as, I mean, training has always felt like, oh yeah, no, you have to be like be in person. COVID flipped it on a head, flipped it, pardon me, on its head. And mm-hmm. I've had how much success with clients online in their own homes, having Wi-Fi in their own condo gym. They just yeah. bring me down on the phone. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I am around the world essentially. Yeah. I love that. There's so much you can do, like literally FaceTime a trainer and be like, Hey, this is what I'm doing. So easy. Exactly. It's um, it's super easy. It doesn't have to be a zoom link. You FaceTime them. Yeah. Whatever. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to link everything down below. So those of you listening, all of the IG website and all the things will be down in the show notes. And it's been such a pleasure having you come on and hearing just like someone talk about human design in a new way. And I'm just so excited for everyone to listen to this episode and hopefully inspire some fitness gurus and health gurus who are interested in, you know, learning more about this amazing system and how it can help their own clients. So thank you for taking the time out of your day to jump on my pod and we'll talk soon. Can't wait. And thank you so much, Leah, for having me. It's been a blast. If this episode has energized you, I ask you to share it or to send it to someone where it can make a big difference in their life. And please tag me with your shares, something you learned from this episode or that you love from it. I'm at the design of you on Instagram. Also, please DM with questions or feedback or whatever. I love to stay in touch with you. Thank you so much for your support and consider subscribing to this podcast and leaving me a five-star review so we can continue to grow together. Thank you. And I love you oh so, so much. See you soon.